This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. The title of this episode is The Day the Dam Broke. The Day the Dam Broke. Arthur was there the day the dam broke. For him, it was simply a matter of good mental health. In fact, for Arthur, just about everything he did involved good mental health in one way or another. That is what fueled his two major passions. His first passion was sensitizing people to matters concerning mental health. Arthur, who had been in and out of institutions most of his life and who had suffered various periods of mental illness, truly appreciated the advantages of good mental health because he found most other people took the state of their own mental health quite for granted, he decided that it was his duty to share his perspectives with everyone else. Arthur had learned quite early that nobody listened to him when he spoke. That's why he decided to use letters to the editors of the two Whitehorse newspapers as his medium of expression. He started out with obvious topics such as the Yukon River as an analog for good mental health in Whitehorse and the effect of long summer sunlight on our mental health, and the buck brush of our minds. When it turns red, what does it mean? More recently, he based his letters on current events, covering subjects like dogged determination, mental toughness in the Yukon Quest dog sled race, and the new Yukon Secure Driver's License and its impact on our mental health. Arthur was ecstatic whenever the papers published one of his letters. That inspired him to write even more. He was very depressed when the papers refused to publish his letters. That drove him to try harder and write even more. At some point, his passion for writing had become an obsession and could have been the subject of an interesting letter to the editor if only Arthur had recognized what had happened. Arthur's second passion was walking. When I first moved to Whitehorse, I saw Arthur everywhere, a well-dressed, middle-aged gentleman with blazer and flannels, tie and overcoat. At first I thought he was a politician, or perhaps a deputy minister. But then I would see him striding down the shoulder of the Alaska Highway, heading away from the downtown early in the morning, or coming into the library in mid-afternoon to use the public access computers. Arthur confided to me one day that walking helped to quiet the voices in his head that clamored for attention and interfered with his writing. He did not simply walk at random, though. Each weekday, he went to every newspaper vendor in the downtown core to check that they had received their papers, even if he wasn't expecting one of his letters to be published. On Saturday mornings, he hiked out to the Super A grocery in Porter Creek to ensure they had their Friday newspapers. On Sunday, He walked to Miles Canyon and back because he had heard that's what Robert Service did the day he wrote The Shooting of Dan McGrew. He walked to the Canada Games Centre on Tuesday and Thursday and did the Millennium Trail on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. As a matter of principle, he tried to walk on every avenue and street of the downtown core at least once every week. Even so, he still found time for his writing. The day the dam broke, Arthur was working on a new topic, 
the mental health payoff of being nice to German tourists, even when they don't deserve it. He had walked most of the day and had gone back to his group home for supper. He was just settling in behind the keyboard of one of the computers at the library when the power went off. Frustrated, but incapable of sitting and doing nothing, Arthur decided to walk out to the power dam to find out what was wrong. Because he went by the dam several times every week, there was probably nobody better suited than Arthur to observing anomalies in the dam operation. On this occasion, there was no water flowing out of the turbine outputs as there usually was. That was why the power was off. Instead, water was surging up in a sort of jet spray around the base of the main spillway. It was quite clear that the dam had cracked and the water was forcing its way through the cracks, leaving not enough to run the turbines. Arthur stood fascinated. He knew that the dam would fail quickly as the water eroded the cracks. Indeed, as he watched, the spray of water from the base of the dam increased. Standing just downstream of the failing dam was clearly not the best course of action, but he really wanted to see what happened when the dam failed, so he just stood and watched. A mother came by, pushing a sleeping baby in a stroller. Look, Arthur said to her, the water is coming through cracks in the dam. The dam is about to break. The mother looked startled. She stared at the dam and the spray of water around the base. She then took out her cell phone and started texting with one hand, and then actually phoned someone. She settled down on a bench, rocking the stroller gently, and stayed to watch. A young man came jogging along the trail. Arthur caught his attention and pointed to the dam. The dam is about to give way. You can see the water shooting through the cracks in the base. The young man looked carefully. He pulled out his cell phone and took a picture. He then spent about five minutes stabbing at his phone with great rapidity. Before he had finished, two more people arrived, and the mother with the stroller told them about the cracks in the dam. By the time the RCMP arrived, 45 minutes later, approximately 100 people had gathered along the edge of the river below the dam and on the rotary footbridge. Newcomers, including the RCMP constable, learned about the imminent collapse of the dam from the people in the crowd. Arthur watched the events unfold, wondering what would happen to the crowd when the dam finally broke and the tsunami of water from Schwatka Lake rushed downtown. The RCMP constable said he was going to check with Yukon Energy and departed quickly, the tires of his patrol car squealing. He was back in 20 minutes with four other police officers in three cars. He spoke using the megaphone he had brought with him. Attention, attention, attention. There is nothing wrong with the dam. The dam is not leaking. There are no cracks in the dam. Yukon Energy assures us that everything is normal. Please disperse and go back to your homes. The constable with a megaphone made the same announcement several times, while the other officers circulated through the crowd reassuring everyone. The people scattered quickly, and by the time ten minutes had elapsed, the only one left was Arthur, standing by himself on the path just below the dam. He was amazed at how quickly people had simply accepted the policeman's word and gone home, when obviously 
There were cracks in the dam, and it was about to break. Maybe there was the nucleus of another newspaper article in all this. However, even as he watched, the spray of water from the base of the dam diminished and finally stopped altogether. Water started flowing out of the turbine races, and a moment later, the streetlight beside the path flickered to life in the gathering dusk. The power was back on. There was an official explanation in the paper the next day. A squirrel had chewed into a transformer, causing a short circuit and bringing down all the power in the southern half of Yukon. This stimulated the recurring debate about the electrical grid's overall stability and the power company's general competency. With the grid down, there was no need to generate power, so the gates to the turbine intakes at the dam had been closed. However, to keep Schwatka Lake from overflowing, the gate at the main spillway was lifted to allow some water to gush out underneath. While this situation did not happen often, it was certainly not anything abnormal. A separate article in the paper covered the role that Facebook and Twitter had played in gathering the crowd at the dam the previous evening, and discussed at some length why people would stand and wait for the dam to fail instead of getting to higher ground. Arthur did not see the articles in the paper. He was busy walking and writing. It was simply a matter of good mental health. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.com dot ca slash podcasts that's t-i-m-m-i-t dot ca slash podcasts